All right, here we go. We're going to start off in 2 Samuel chapter number 7. 2 Samuel chapter number 7. Brother Randy's awesome. He gives you about a day advance when you're going to learn to preach and sing before. So got about a, a day heads up, but hey, that's what it's about, all right? 2 Samuel chapter number 7. I was flying home from, uh, from Tennessee, and I was doing my devotions, reading my Bible on the plane. I was trying to save my devotions for the plane because, uh, I don't know about any of you, but I am terrified of heights, terrified of flying, and uh, my plane flights are always white-knuckling the, uh, the armrests and just shaking, so I'm always nervous. So I always try and get in the Word so that I can feel a little bit of comfort. I don't know if anyone's like that in the room tonight. Uh, but I was reading 2 Samuel chapter 7, and uh, the Lord kind of just show me some verses that, that really helped me, that stuck out to me, and just a, a problem that, that I noticed in my life, and um, I figured if, if I noticed in my life and that God's speaking to me, then probably it's in someone else's life tonight, and so we'll be speaking in 2 Samuel chapter 7 and verse number 18. We'll start reading, the Bible says this, Then went King David in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house that thou hast brought me hitherto? And this was yet a small thing in thy sight, O Lord God, but thou hast spoken also of thy servant's house for a great while to come. And is this the manner of man, O Lord God? And what can David say more unto thee? For thou, Lord God, knowest thy servant. For thy word's sake, and according to thine own heart, hast thou done all these great things to make thy servant know them. Verse number 22 will be the key verse, and it says this. Wherefore, thou art great, O Lord God, for there is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. So let's look, look back at verse number 18. And uh, David, is, David is praying to God and he's worshiping and praying and he says this, who am I, O Lord God? And he continues saying, what is my house that thou hast brought me hitherto? But the first uh, six words are, who am I, O Lord God? The title for tonight will be this, who am I, wherefore thou art great, O Lord God? Who am I, wherefore thou art great, O Lord God? And then we'll begin praying and then begin the, uh, the message tonight. Father, we love you. Thank you for giving us an opportunity, Lord, to open your word, to speak from it. I pray that you would use me tonight and, and speak to somebody's heart like you spoke to mine. Please keep us safe, Lord. We love you so much. Give us a good night tonight and uh, help, me say, help me say things you want me to say. And this is my prayer. Amen. So who am I? Wherefore thou art great, O Lord God. And we see here that David says, who am I, O Lord God? And the thought in my mind, just be, I began to think, you know what, who, who am I? Who am I, O Lord God? And David, and David finishes at, in verse number 22. He says, wherefore thou art great, O Lord God, but who am I? You see, the problem with, with many Christians today and, and in my life, the problem with me and I assume the problem with you and not just Christians, not just the local church, but also unsafe people. The problem is this, is that we live in a culture that it's a me first, me first society, me first world, me first country. Honestly, America is probably the most me first place. We live in sin all the time, but many times we're, we're blinded by our sin to where we just forget about God and it just becomes ourself. It becomes, becomes ourself and we, we become focused on ourselves. Some of us have almost been completely blinded by the sin and, and we forget about God. And the question I begin to ask myself again is this, is who am I? Who am I to be able to, to talk to God? Why do I deserve the, the opportunity to be able to speak, to be able to pray to the God of the universe? Why do I deserve the opportunity to be able to read his word, to be able to open, open this Bible, to be able to, to receive blessings from the Lord? Who am I to be able to, to deserve those things? I'm a nobody, but why, why, do, why do I begin to think that, man, I, I deserve that I just have a Bible? And maybe we don't think in our mind, maybe we don't say the words, I deserve the Bible, but that's how we live it out because we, we decide to sin and then we open up the Bible. 
and we say, you know, I deserve this Bible because I can look into it and I can get right and I can go when I need a problem. I can, I can pray to the God when, when things are starting to be a little bit wrong. I can pray to God and say, God, please help me in this, in this time of need and situation. You know, I deserve for you, your prayers to help me, God. I, I'm trying to maybe live for you and I've done some things for you, so I deserve for you to help me. But why? And David says, who am I, O Lord God? Who am I to be able to, de to deserve your blessing on my life? Who am I to be able to deserve the benefits that he brings to us? Who am I to be able to think that God listens to me? Who am I to be able to think that I can count on his forgiveness for, of my sins? Obviously, we know that God sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. We, have, we don't have any doubt about that. But who am I to think that I deserve it? The only thing that we deserve is an eternity in hell. That's what we deserve. And David, a man after God's own heart, is saying, who am I, O Lord God? And he continues to say, wherefore thou art great, O Lord God. Brings me to point number one is this. We think that we're something. There's a common denominator in, in churches and in America and, honestly, in the world, and that, and that is that we think we are something. And maybe this is something that has gone on from generation to, to generation. I think that it is, but maybe more so we see it more now. Maybe we see it more now than we ever have that, hey, I think that I'm something. It's all about me and it's all about uh, uh, social media. It's all about taking a selfie and posting on Instagram or whatever it is, trying to see how many likes you can get, trying to see how many followers you can get. And it's about yourself and your self-image and, and what you think that you are. And how you want to be portrayed. And it's all about self. It's, it's a selfish world that we live in. But again, the question is, the question is this, who am I, O oh Lord God? In the grand scheme of things, who, who am I? We think that we're something. We think that we're entitled to something. Meaning of entitled is this, is feeling that you have the right to do or have what you want without having to work for it or deserve it just because of who you are, who you want to become. And we think that we're entitled. We think that we deserve something that we don't deserve. See, we don't deserve anything. We're not entitled to anything. God is the one that has, has given his life. For, he sent his son to die for us. The only person that deserves anything is God, is, for, from us is we, we deserve, what we deserve is to give God our, our praise and our worship and, our, and his, glo his glory that he deserves. That's what, that's what we deserve to give to him. So we see that point number one is there's a common denominator in that we think that we are something. Think that we are something. But again, who are we? I know some of us in here have maybe gone through hard trials, maybe gone through something dif difficult in their life, maybe gone through some testing. I think everyone in here could raise their hand and say, I've gone through this in my life, and maybe you could grade it. Uh, some people might be a little bit harder than, other, harder than others. But at the end of it, once we got through every single person of someone raising their hand and saying, hey, I've gone through this, hey, I've, I've, I've gone through that, and I've gone through this testing, and you know, maybe, maybe God has put some, some trials in my life that, that I've gotten through, I think at the end of it we could say this is that when God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross, I think that Jesus dealt with more than what we have to deal with. I think that the worst, the worst situation in here, which could be terribly wicked and awful, and it, it, could, it could be disgusting and gross, but the worst situation that we could hear about in this room might not be, it wouldn't be close to what Jesus had to go through when he had to go through the pain and the sin of all of us, of the sin of my life and the sin of your life, and when he had to deal with all that on his shoulders, and we, when, he, when he had to carry that cross up the, up the hill to, to where he was going to plant that in the ground, and what he had to deal with and what he had to go through and the pain and the hurt and the agony and of his father turning his, when God had to turn his back on him because the sin was too great. When he had to go through all of that, I think that was a little bit harder than what we have to go through. And at that point, we can say, you know what, who am I, O oh Lord God? Who am I compared to, compared to what your son had to go through, to, compared to what you had to go through? Who am I? Wherefore, thou art great. Point number one, we think that we're something. We think that we're entitled. We think that we deserve something. But it's only by the grace of God that we have a way to heaven. That's it. That's the, that's the only way. So point number one, we think that we deserve something. Number two, let's look at this, a, a Christian's focus. I think all of us would claim to be Christians in here tonight, but so let's look at it. Let's look at our focus 
to look at my focus and your focus and, and how we're looking at tonight. I think many of us ought, ought to um, change to, or have a shift in our focus. So Christian's focus, I believe that we ought to shift to something else. I believe that we, didn't, we need to stop dwelling on ourselves and start dwelling on our Savior. I think many of us kind of get, get blocked in, in the things of the world and, and our work schedule and our, our work pattern and also our sin pattern are each and every day maybe, maybe a besetting sin. I think we get focused in on that and we get honed in and locked in on that to where we start viewing ourselves only. And we forget about what all that God has done in our lives and we start viewing on what, what, what is here, what, what am I doing? And we start walking with our head down. And maybe, we're try, maybe we're trying to live for God. Maybe we're trying to do what's right. But all of a sudden our head gets down and we start looking at ourselves. And we start, we start thinking about what does someone else think about me? And where am I headed in life? And what can I get for myself? And what kind of life can maybe I give for my family? Which obviously we need to take care of our family first. I believe that. But we maybe start to start or we maybe begin to start thinking about that too much. And we get honed in and locked in ourselves when really our head needs to be up. And we're trying to live a Christian life and we're trying to get closer to him. And we're trying to live a holy life because we're called to holiness. We're not called to uncleanness. The Bible says that we're called to holiness in Corinthians. And we begin to start tilting our head up and looking, for, looking towards God. And I think that that's a shift that a Christian needs to have is a shift from ourselves to God. And it's a shift that I need in my life. And obviously, I'm not just preaching at you guys. Obviously, the words jumped out at me. Maybe not at you tonight. So I'm preaching it to myself but also to be helped to somebody else. But the shift needs to change. A Christian's focus needs to shift from ourself, and it needs to be pointed to our Savior. I believe that God will bless us for pursuing him more than pursuing ourselves. We begin to, Satan begins to give us lies that, hey, if, if we pursue ourselves and the things, and, and maybe we become more popular and more famous and start bringing in money from different areas and, and get more friends that we shouldn't have, whatever it may be, but I believe that if, if our focus would shift to God, that he would start blessing us more. If we start pursuing him more, the blessing that we'd have would, would be greater. We ought to shift from our focus, from our own problems, and give them to God. When we start giving them to God and try not to get by on our own, we'll start getting rid of these problems as well. So we see that, we see that in this verse, David says, who am I, O Lord God? We see that many of us think that we're something that we're not. We think that we're entitled, we think we deserve, but we don't. I believe that in order to see change, we ought to have a, a, a shift in our focus. A shift from ourselves, a shift to the Lord. And point number three is this. When we begin to forget about ourselves, when we begin to shift that, that change from here to God, I, begin, I, I believe that we will begin to start talking about the greatness of God and how good God is. So let's talk about it a little bit tonight. We see in John 3.16 that God's infinite love is revealed. We see God's wonderful love for us when he sent his son for a sinner like me. We sent, he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. For somebody like me, do I deserve it? No. Do we get it by God's grace? Yes. So we ought to talk about the greatness of God. That, that shift in our focus should change from ourselves to God and talk about how great God is. If, if all we're looking at is ourself, we didn't do anything for it. We don't deserve it. We're not entitled to it. But it's by the grace of God. Number two, we see in Exodus 34 and verse 6, the Lord is merciful and gracious. Think back to when a time when he was merciful and gracious in your life. Amen. Number three, God's wisdom is beyond comprehension, Romans 11:33. Number four, his faithfulness endures forever, Psalm 117. Number five, God is the creator of the universe. Number six, the Lord is our shepherd, guiding and protecting us, Psalm 23. Number seven, God is a refuge and strength in times of trouble. Number eight, his righteousness is everlasting. Number nine, God's grace is freely given to those who believe. See, at this, at this time, I'm, I'm about halfway through this list of, of things that I could just, I could just think about and, and wrote out just from the word. And already some of us, that focus has already shifted. It's already shifted because you start hearing a list and you just, you already, your mind is already gone from hearing the list that, the list that I'm saying and thinking about greatness, the greatness of God. It's already shifted back to ourselves. 
You've already shifted to what you're thinking about, the game you're thinking about later, and, and I'm guilty of this is why I'm saying it. And I know it happens to other people, and the focus has already shifted back. Let's keep our focus shifted on God. Let's continue. Verse number, or, uh, uh, number 10, point number 10, the Lord is our healer, Exodus 15, 26. Number 11, God is slow to anger and abounding in mercy. Number 12, his ways are perfect. Number 13, the Lord is a stronghold in the day of trouble, Nahum 1, 7. Number 14, God's word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Number 15, he is a source of true peace. Number 16, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Are we good here tonight? Should we keep going, talking about the greatness of God? 18, he's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. We see that in Revelation 22. Number 19, the Lord is righteous and just in all of his ways, Psalm 145. Number 20, God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. Number 21, his sovereignty reigns over all. Last but not least, the Lord is a faithful God. He's been faithful to you. He's been faithful to me. There's a common denominator in churches today, and that's how we think that we're something. Not just churches, not just the people in here, and I'm sure there's, there's many people in here that, that don't think that they're all that and that they're all in for God, and that's, that's wonderful. But a world that we live in, it's, it's, an, it's, about your, it's about me. It's about what I want. It's about the desires of my heart. Again, David says, who am I? Number two, our focus should shift. When our focus shifts from ourselves to God, we start to see his blessing in our life. We start to be, be on the right track and things start to flow and, and that, that ball starts to get rolling and things start to go smoothly in our life because God becomes the main focus in our life. And we start walking closer to God and being more holy because we're trying to follow him and our, our, our focus has shifted towards him. So our focus needs to shift. And lastly, once that focus shifts, we'll see that we'll start to talk about the greatness of God. We need to remember that, that God is great. David says this, Verse number 18, who am I, O Lord God? Let's skip down to verse number 22. Wherefore, thou art great, O Lord God, for there is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. Wherefore, thou art great, O Lord God. At this time, if, if uh, Rana and Grant, you guys could come, we're going to learn a, uh, another scripture song. I approved it by Brother Randy. And I don't think you guys have learned this one yet. But the best way to learn something, in my opinion, is maybe putting it to a song as we learn our ABCs when we're very young. We start to learn that because there's a song to it, and we learn these scripture songs to get scripture more in our minds. And the scripture song I learned in, uh, at my grandfather's church, uh, Brother Randy mentioned that, Brother Hooker's church. So we'll sing this song right now, and we'll try and get this stuck on our heads. And maybe throughout the week, throughout this new year, maybe the goal should be that we should start thinking about the greatness of God. Thinking about how good he is. And, we'll, and when, you, when this song comes back to your mind, you can think about, hey, David, a man after God's own heart, said, who am I? Who am I, O Lord God, wherefore thou art great? You start thinking about the greatness of God and what, what he's done in your life. And, that, and once we get that uh, focus shifted from ourselves to God, I think things will be a little bit differently. So we're going to learn this song real quick. We'll go through like two times and try and learn this tonight. So here we go. We'll sing this again if, if you guys kind of get that tune in your head. Try and sing it out with us. It doesn't sound that bad. <laughs> so we'll sing this one more time. Here we go. Wherefore thou art great, 
is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee. Wherefore thou art great, O Lord God. As we go into the new year, it's a short message tonight. We got to get up at four in the morning and drive, but short message tonight. But as we go into the new year, let's, let's begin thinking on the things of God, thinking about how great he's been in your life. What he, when he, what he did when he sent his son, he gave that, that love that he gives to us. Start thinking about that a little bit more, and let's have a, a shift in our focus tonight. Try this again. Defeated by sin and filled with regret. This wasn't the first time, how could you forget? With one plea for mercy, his presence drew near. How can this be happening, my eyes filled with tears? Now I lift my hands. And I'll testify that my soul's been rescued and given new life. A prisoner of sin set free through his blood. For I've been forgiven and covered in love. Each day has its battles, and still I may fall, but His hand will catch me to guide me along. So I'll live to serve Him for all that He's done. Lord, let me say thank you for the battles you've won. Now I lift my hands and I'll testify that my soul's been rescued and given new life. A prisoner of sin set free through his blood for I've been forgiven and covered That my soul's been rescued and given new life. A prisoner of sin set free through his blood. For I've been forgiven. Oh, I've been forgiven. And covered in 